Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast that's all about talking sports and having a beer or maybe two. So, thank you for stopping by, and without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, hey, what do you say? It is, once again, almost time for the podcast. But as always, we talk to you about some of the people who support what we're doing here. So, first, as always, we're talking about Lanafee. Now, Lanafee wants you to know that there's always more. You can always get more out of your workouts, out of your style. And I also believe in that. And now... They have their very own supplement line. So you can buy the Plus Bundle or Premium Chocolate Whey, pre-workout, creatine, branched-chain amino acids, glutamines, in addition to some of their awesome, awesome workout gear. They just launched a bunch of new lines, too. They got a brand-new sleeveless line uh, as well in addition to their core t-shirts they have some sweet new training shorts i'm definitely going to grab those soon because it is short season headbands brand new hats socks lifting straps they have a weight vest now that i'm kind of eyeing up these are all things you're going to be able to find you can buy sport chalk if you if that's what you want but and for the uh the gals ladies they also have a really, really nice women's line as well. So if you're interested, go, and we've changed the code here. So use the code SPORTCHANCE, capital S, capital C, as always. Now, also, if you're looking for even more of that, or you've got enough of that stuff and you want to differentiate, we've got FNX Fit. They have some recovery, uh, some protein that's specific for your AM in the restart, recharges your pre-workout, rebalance super greens and the retire pm protein blend as well as a line of cbd products a bunch of collagen stuff uh, women's multivitamin and their gear is pretty awesome too from gym bags trademark tees a little more going out style their rise line just dropped as well as well as their very own rise blender bottle All of this is stuff that you're going to want to grab. So head on over to FNX.com. And remember, with every purchase, they donate some uh, water to those in need. So head on over to FNX Fit. And again, use the code SPORTCHANCE, capital S, capital C. And now we're on to the podcast. So biggest news today, which is sort of why I delayed from my usual Thursday night drop on Friday. was dropping on Saturday, because I was waiting for the NHL Players Association to vote on whether or not they would approve continuing negotiations on the start of the season. And they have. They have voted yes. So we're going to detail a little bit about what that's got going on. We got our card of the week. Uh, We have a new fitness venture that I'm taking on. And of course, we have our beer breakdown and some boxing as well. And the beer 
as always, we like to tell you uh, what's going to be jumping into the glass here in just a moment or two. It's Trogues, the independent brewery from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Their Lolly Hop IPA, a double dry hopped beast at 8.2%. I'm super excited to jump into this. Trogues has a little bit of an emotional uh, and historical connection for me, sort of in my beer journey too. So I'm going to be happy to get into that. But as always, if you're following along at home, it's can cracking time. If you can't crack a can, then uh, I'm sorry. We'll do it soon. <laughs> Maybe. It depends on how things go. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we go. And here's our countdown in three, two, and one. Woo! Man, that is... Love or hate the IPA, it is one of those beers that just, you really get a great nose from it the moment you pop it open. And uh, I'm really excited for this one. Big 16-ounce pounder can. It is a beautiful, beautiful hazy. It almost looks like I just poured uh, juice into the glass. So really excited that I'm going to be jumping into this one. Uh, and it's in my little uh, gold-laid glass, so that is the uh, perfect look, really. So, yeah, now that that is settled away, we're going to get into the NHLPA. Now, that's the NHL Players Association, and they voted to approve the sort of Hub City's 2014 playoff comeback plan. Now, what that is, is basically, hopefully, they've approved a small training camp that will set the players to return back in July in probably two Hub Cities for the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to be an expanded playoff to 24 teams. So, the top four seeds in each conference are going to get a bye based on standing points percentage. They'll get a buy into the second round, or sort of the traditional playoff. First round is going to be a best-of-five series when all the teams in both conferences ranked 5-12. to 12. Top four teams, they're not going to miss out on playing games, though. They're going to have their own little mini-tournament, right? I, right now, it doesn't look like it's going to impact the seeding. They're just making them play games as to sort of shake the rust off. It's almost like a preseason. Uh, and that's your reward. <laughs> and it's a really interesting concept, and it's kind of at the crux of why I'm a little bit finicky about all this. But essentially, it's going to break down to the four-ranked team, our number four-ranked team, is going to face the winner of the 5-12 matchup. Number three is going to face the winner of the 6-11 matchup. Number two will face the winner of 7-10. And number one is going to face the winner of the 8-9 look. Now, as it stands, your Philadelphia Flyers are going to face either the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Montreal Canadiens, depending on who can get the win in that first five-game set. <sighs> hmm. Now, this kind of troubles me. In a sense, 
And I'll tell you after I take a sip of this delicious, delicious looking beer. Mm. Wow. Yep, that's a nice healthy gulp and that is a nice healthy hopping. Woo! I wanted to grab double IPA for reasons I'll get into later, but that is... Wow. I think I'll be rewarded. Now, essentially, getting back to the matter at hand, though, my problem with this NHL proposal is I hate the idea of a stalled season where it wasn't completed and you can't have, you know, there wasn't a set playoff, right? And, you know, it's truncated. The players have been trying to skate, trying to work out, do what they can. There's going to be a short training camp, try to get them back up to snuff. But, you know, part of the sport in the game is the momentum that was rolling. And I don't mean to say this selfishly as a Flyers fan, but I think having these teams to stop so abruptly and then try to get back into it is going to be, it's going to affect everything. And also, right now, there's still no way that the fans are going to be there. So, while in essence it would be interesting watching how uh, a home team deals with a sharp momentum shift without, you know, a raucous crowd at their back, or, you know, how, you know, how do the players react knowing that it's just them? You know, what are you going to be able to hear? What are you going to be able to tell? Um, yeah, you know, timeouts. How is a coach going to be able to scream at his team? Uh, knowing that the entire world is going to be hearing him. All things to consider. And I just, I'm not sure if I like the idea of awarding the Stanley Cup in this manner. Um, you know, because to me, the Stanley Cup is the most hallowed trophy in sports. It has the toughest playoff to get through, and it's... You, you see the expression on the faces of guys who wait so long to get it, right? Like your Glenn Wesley's, yeah, Rod Brindamore when he won it, uh, your Raymond Borks, uh, Dave Andertruck when he finally broke through and won. Uh, look, last year with Jay Bomeister, I mean, how the the whole world watched for that moment when he got the cup, that long-standing veteran, the guy who had he played like the most career games without making it to a playoffs I think at one point or making it past like the first round of the playoffs something crazy like that and it's not that it cheapens it because obviously no even though it was like a 70 72 game schedule that they ended up playing having to go through the playoffs it's not going to be cheapened it's just not going to feel the same I think it, it's my wish is that they had some type of end of the year tournament. They could do it in the same fashion or like a slightly more truncated fashion. Award players like a cash bonus or the teams or maybe even bump up their draft status just a little bit. But, you know, it's hmm. it's obviously going to be a wait and see. Approach. I mean, uh, say what you will about the format. They're going to do their best to sort of get this out there. And it's still hockey. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to love every minute of it. It's just... And I know the players, ultimately, who end up competing for the Cup, they're going to feel the same sense of accomplishment, I would imagine. It's 
just going to feel different this time around. And that's not bad, right? This is a, a sports memory that you can take with you. you know, it, the whole world was stuck at home and we watched the Stanley Cup playoffs and, you know, these guys won it and it's... And I really think that at that moment, what they do, if they do get this going and there is a cup awarded at the end, that's going to be almost more special in a way because it's not going to be in front of anybody. It's just going to be the team that wins and they're just going to have each other in that moment. And I think it's going to make a really compelling documentary one day. Um, certainly going to make for some really great photography. Uh, in the moment, in some interesting highlights. <laughs> and we know NBC is going to be basically holding down the bleep button because if there's no crowd noise to drown these guys out, whew, the locker room mouth is going to come out real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is sort of where I am right now with this NHL plan. Let's go Flyers. Not that it wouldn't be awesome to face the Penguins and beat them, but please, Montreal, if they get that chance to win the play-in series. Ooh. So, moving on, um, I have my way-too-early boxing predictions. Yay! It's, it's, ah. And it seems like Danny Garcia, one of the fighting pride of Philly, Danny Swift Garcia, is going to finally get his shot at Errol Spence in the fall. They were supposed to fight in January. Errol Spence rolled his car and was in a one-person accident, drunk, flew through his Ferrari, didn't really get hurt other than losing all of his teeth. Um, but no broken bones or anything like that. So ultimately came through it okay. They're slated to finally meet PBC... Uh, undisclosed location at the moment but they're looking at early fall so maybe september maybe october who knows looking ahead at this fight and sort of giving my two cents into it without you know either guy probably really training right now or being in camp garcia last fought a southpaw in preparation for spence who is a southpaw spence had sort of a very transitive moment in his life, right? You get into an accident when you're drunk and you fly through a sports car going way over the speed limit. You survive without any major injuries. So is it going to be in his head? Is it going to affect him? Is he going to be raring to go? Has he completely made that turnaround to recover from that? For Garcia... Now, this is either the best time to catch Spence if he's still grappling with these issues. And, you know, right now he's stewing in quarantine just thinking about it and going a little bit nuts. Or Spence has had this time to stay at home, be with his family, you know, just get back to basics. And he's going to come back renewed and better than ever because he's been given the second chance. So... I'm not going to predict a winner or loser, but I'm going to predict that it's going to be a very interesting fight. Especially because Garcia's best weapon is his left hand, and especially that left hook. It's one of the best in boxing. 
when you're fighting a southpaw, that can kind of neutralize the left hand because you have the, he fights with that right lead hand. So it's easier to block, it's easier to parry, try to throw off the timing. So if Garcia has taken that time and been able to develop his right hand or, and he can mix things up and really show that he's dangerous with that, then that can open up the left hand. So Garcia has a task on his hand, definitely. It's, it's a doable, it's a winnable fight. But Errol Spence is so good, and he was looking like he was on that cruise to fight Terrence Crawford to sort of crown the best in the division. But now, you know, Danny Garcia is a former champion. He's a two-weight world champion. He's beat a lot of really good guys, really talented fighters. And he may not be at his peak. He may actually, well, you know, he says this is probably his last fight in the weight class before he moves up. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to be really interested in watching that when it comes through. Because, uh, you know, I've been dying without having any of these fights to go to to watch. I was watching retro fights, and man, De La Hoya was good back in the day. I hate to admit that. I watched the, the fight versus uh, Tito Trinidad. Uh, I'm sorry, but Trinidad didn't win. Say what you will, but Trinidad did not win that fight. I mean, De La Hoya gave it away by not punching for the last two, three rounds. Just running, but... You know, that's boxing sometimes. Moving on. Uh, can't get over how good that beer is. Anyway, card of the week time. Whoop, whoop. This one is a little bit interesting. Uh, it's a football card. It's one for a player who bounced around a couple times in his career. And a lot of people forget he was originally a cult. And that's Marshall Falk. I have the Marshall Falk rookie card, right? From. I believe it's 93, 8.5, near mint condition, upper deck, hollow special. It's going for anywhere between $25 and $50 right now. But what I like about this card is that it has Falk, and then it sort of has that outline behind him two or three times. You know, it's got the interesting colors, but you can clearly see the player. Yeah, because sometimes I think people really overdo it on the holographic cards. They just make it so shiny and so vivid that you know, no matter what way you see, you almost can't really get a good look at it. So, you know, I'm digging through my collection, was really excited to pull that out and take a look at it again. And remember a guy who was really, really good. And Marshall Falk was kind of an innovator in a sense that he was one of those running backs in the 90s and in the 2000s who was really good at catching the ball and then moving in space. Right, and he really helped that Dick Vermeil offense, especially, uh, you know, sort of as that safety net, as that guy that you could dump the ball off to and get reliable yardage. And that means that corners had to be aware of the underneath routes and sort of try to break off a receiver. So you're also you're trying to keep your eyes on the quarterback, on Marshall Falk, while you're guarding Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. I mean, it makes sense. Looking back, is that that offense was just so deadly, and Falk being able to not only run the ball but catch the ball out of the backfield was huge for that, especially because this was before linebackers were really designed to cover the running backs. You know, this was 
a sort of a different time period in football. This was the outset of really it becoming a passing league once the greatest show on turf hit. So, my Marshall Falk rookie near mint upper deck special is our card of the week. If you have a card that you really love or one you just pulled that you want to share, always jump in the comments. Let me know. Moving on. My newest fitness thingy, right? Uh, trying to be on this self-improvement kick. Always looking for a way to be better, to get better. And one of the things that I'm trying to do now in this quarantine is sort of get into running. But I'm a bigger guy, right? Uh, I'm carrying a little extra weight and they can't just shed that with garage workouts or boxing because I just don't have that kind of space to really move around as much as I want to. So I want to run. I've been trying to walk. I was able to get my 10,000 steps in yesterday, which was nice. But I've always hated running. I've never been really good at it. So I'm trying to do research here and I'm seeing conflicting things. Um, you hear, you know, some people say buy a running shoe with the softest cushioning uh, the, and you can't go wrong with a stability shoe. And then I also hear that that's wrong, right? Uh, that it's unstable for a higher body weight because at 200 pounds, I'm considered a heavy runner. Um, and that midsole softness can bottom out a shoe, right? Uh, especially if you're heavier. And it'll lead to a variance in the heel gradient and working with that. And that it doesn't have great durability. So it's all very new to me right now. And I guess maybe I'm seeking advice. Maybe I'm trying to figure out uh, from a runner, if anybody's out there that wants to contribute, how does someone sort of start this up and make that transition like what am i looking for what, what what shoe should i be considering i think is probably the best question that i uh could probably ask so but yeah i'm starting small not looking for anything crazy i just want to know and that's about all i have for that so now i get to drink more beer because also yeah i need the running to offset this mm. that is really good and again our beer is strokes independent brewing their lollyop ipa a double dry hopped beer with mosaic citra and aseca hops a double india pale ale or double IPA, if you so wish. 8.2% ABV, no IBU listed, but I can tell you it's high. On Untapped, it says a 4.04 average, so it is a very, very well-regarded beer. They use the Aseca hops in the kettle, and it's, well, first the grain bill, oats, rustic pale ale, or rustic pale wheat, malt, excuse me, uh, oats, rustic pale malt, and wheat. You try to keep things local too, which I love. It's got smooth look with a touch of haze in the glass. They use the Aseca in the kettle 
that's sort of that hop that goes around while everything's cooking and brewing and then later they add in the mosaic and citra dry hops this one is a yearly release comes out once a year and it sort of comes out after they go to the yakima valley which is in the upper northwest it's sort of the hotbed for hops if you will in the country so they come back with a ton of them and they brew this beer it's really really interesting because it has a ton of hoppiness and you get that almost bitterness in the back of your throat now the tasting notes that they've sort of suggested and laid out are pear citrus and a hint of melon and you definitely get that uh i think the melon when there's a hint of something it tends to be more in the smell and maybe towards the finish but i definitely get some of this pear right when i'm doing uh, the majority of the drinking i think i'm getting pale and melon actually more than the citrus citrus is sort of a residual flavor that comes from most hops and sort of just lives in the ipa realm especially with that double dry hop but i love pear it's one of my favorite it is my favorite fruit so that note is the one that's sort of standing out the most to me and I think sort of what sold me when I, you know, uh, I'm kind of typing in names to untapped when I'm moving through the uh, liquor store aisles trying to uh, pick one of these beers for the review. So I was excited to try that. And also, it's been too long since I had a Trogues beer. Trogues was the first real craft brewery I ever went to and ever really had beer from. Because when I went to Penn State, it was right down the road in Hershey because I was at the Harrisburg campus. So, you know, we got our growlers full. We would go every couple of weeks, uh, you know, once we could and refill them. And it was, it was our first time having, you know, really good beer. And you, you almost don't know how, what to do with it, how to handle it, because you're drinking that and you're in this, huh, that's interesting. Well, you had that with dinner, right? Instead of, instead of the Natty or the Bud Lights or the Keystones. But, uh, you know, I, I miss that area. They had a Fuddruckers up there, man. Remember Fuddruckers? How good was that? I can't get a... We were talking about that at work over at Zed's. Um, and, man, the closest one I found is like 70 miles from me uh, up north in uh, North Jersey. Uh, I hope that something takes me up there <laughs> in the near future. I hope it can survive all this. But getting back to the matter at hand, man, they had those big pound burgers. You get a pound ostrich burger with three kinds of cheese on it. Oh, man. Oh, God, my cholesterol must have been through the roof. I'm going to die young. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, this beer is it's really good. And I promise this isn't the 8.2% hit me. I haven't even, I'll maybe drank a quarter of it. But the flavors are evident. The pear really, really comes through. Uh, I'm getting the melon on the nose and in the back end too as well. Uh, the citrus is sort of omnipresent always in this. This... Uh, 
beer, this brewery, it's awesome. There, there's great balance, and it's not overly hoppy for a triple for a double hop, double dry hopped beer. Um, yeah, that's good because it doesn't overwhelm you with the hops, right? And that's you know what I worry about sometimes when I have something that's a double dry hopped, right? You get that that double IPA, you know the IBV is going to be there, and you know the bitterness is going to be there. But this is so far from overpowering. So I really, really like this beer. Um, I, I wish they went out to the Yakima Valley more often. Um, I'm going to go just above where the untapped folks rank this generally i'm going to give it a 4.25 get this beer if you can find it in stores grab it stockpile it okay it's it's you know this is still going on so make sure that you have beer to get yourself through to recap we're excited about the nhl proposal but you know a little bit wary Marshall Falk was a running back who helped sort of change the game and include running backs into the passing. If you have that hollow rookie card, you're in luck. It's worth a little bit of money. Danny Garcia does have a chance against Errol Spence. It could be the best time to catch him or it could be the worst time. But either way, the Southpaw is in for a tough fight because Philly is going to come for that championship. I need advice about running. People, please, what running shoes are good for... You know, a hefty 200-pounder that hates to run. And, as always, get a Trogues Lollihop beer. If you want to continue to hear this, interact with me, interact with the podcast, mmaritea22, Twitter, Instagram, Untapped, and Medium. Uh, the podcast directly, Sport Chance Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Definitely check out Yellow Jacket Media. Just put a story up about Tony Hawk Pro Skater and ranking uh, that music on the album. I think it's uh, an interesting list. Buy from FNX and Lanafee. Use the code SPORTCHANCE, capital S, capital C. And most of all, keep enjoying yourselves. Keep staying safe, drinking responsibly, appreciating the sports that are out there. And thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Cheers.